0: Well, hello there and welcome to the County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts of the Fairfax County government discussing program services and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of the podcast, we're talking with Mariah Katayef, Community Engagement Liaison with DIMS. That's the county's Department of Emergency Management and Security. Now, she's here to talk about the agency's 2022 marketing and promotional efforts, which, of course, are centered around emergency preparedness and how you can become better prepared for any emergency. Mariah, thanks for being here on the County Conversation. Thank you for having
1: me here Jim. This is definitely a new environment for me
0: so I'm really happy to play a part in this. I was thinking you were gonna say the highlight of your career. <laughs> and I would. I would you be know, like, oh, who please, knows? Please. It could be. It <laughs> could be the low light. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll play that and see how it goes. We were chatting before we got started. Before we get into the emergency management stuff, what DEMS does, mm-hmm. I just thought it would be an interesting story, um, you know, positive story for Fairfax County because you're now working for the Department of Emergency Management and Security where you actually started as an intern back when it was the Office of Emergency (laughs) Management. I
1: have seen it through the name chains, yes. So I was actually only supposed to be with the office for full time for one summer. And what happened was is it was the summer of 2019 And I think the last week of my internship, they were like, you know, how would you feel about staying part-time as a student worker? And I was like, okay, you know, I was still in my undergraduate program at that time. And I was like, I could see doing it. We just have to figure out logistics, can't, you know, get sidetracked with school. Right. And I I mean, I was also very, very shocked because I actually... um, I applied for the full time internship because it was it was paid. And that that's reality. Right. Money is a thing in everyone's lives. Right. It's just not a fun thing.
0: Just looking for money, not a job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I applied to a program that was gonna put me in one of five departments and I actually did not select emergency management as one of them.
0: No interesting.
1: I selected Department of Family Services and I think Department of Human Resources. Mm. And then when the person in charge of the internship program saw my application, because of my tech background, they asked me if they could add my application to emergency management. And I was like, okay. sure, there's no way I'll get picked. <laughs> <laughs> and now here you are. And then I ended up really liking it. So I worked as um, a student worker until about, I think, 10 months ago.
0: Wow.
1: And now I... It has been 10 months since I started as a full-time employee.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you. I feel like I did the county dream of climbing the metaphorical ladder, which is a great feeling for me and my office, I'm sure.
0: Right. So you mentioned the tech skills and tech background. I mean, is that just because of your your age, your demographic, (laughs) because you're used to the technology stuff? I mean... I, I wish I wish everyone was so good at tech. It would
1: make my job easier. Of course, okay. <laughs> no. Um, uh, before this, I was working for Northern Virginia Community College, and I ran the printer networking system for the Annandale Campus libraries. Okay,
0: and so that I just that, went over my head. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just made sure all the printers were working, and I helped students with tech aids. It was a way to, you know, fund my education. I am right. the definition of Fairfax County, born and bred. So I. Went you're, to NOVA before my four-year college, and that was a great way to pay for it. And so you're you're the one. <laughs> <laughs> I am the one that is not a transplant. Right, yes. okay.
0: All right. So uh, tech skills, I mean, is that playing a role in what you're doing now with emergency management? A
1: hundred percent. So I am one of the lucky ones that is able to edit our front-facing website, so the website mm. that the public gets to see, as well as I am one of the ones that, used to edit the internal website. The internal website I actually got to edit when I was still an intern mm-hmm. and it just all the changes had to be approved before they were published. Right, right. And I help with everything from digitalized social media to our digital newsletter and typing all that up and making sure social media alerts are hitting all the keywords and getting to the people when they need it.
0: Right. So Let's talk about that. Social media. How do you get the word out to the residents of Fairfax County, and what are the channels that you would encourage residents to actually follow emergency management and security?
1: So definitely sign up for Fairfax Alerts. Fairfax Alerts is a completely free program that I always say can be as involved or uninvolved as you want. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, is you can select for it to text you, email you, or do both, or one or the other, and you can put up to 10 addresses. So I always use the example that if you have children in an elementary school, you can make it so that even if you work all the way in D.C., an hour away from Fairfax County, you can still get alerted if something happens X number of miles from your child's school by putting in their address as well. Hmm. So it allows you to keep an eye on multiple locations. The other big ones would be Ready Fairfax through Our Facebook and Twitter, those are the only social media programs that we currently use right now. We don't use Instagram or any of the others. Okay.
0: So, Ready Fairfax on um, Facebook Facebook and Twitter. And Twitter. And
1: definitely sign up for our newsletter. I am one of the people that writes it, so I have a soft spot for it. But, you know, it's a short read. Okay. We can all find the time to, you know, be a little better prepared in our busy lives.
0: Right. And uh, how often does that come out? Is it monthly? It is monthly, yes. Okay. What kind of things do you cover?
1: We cover, we follow the ready.gov monthly, the kind of topics related to what natural disasters are more likely to happen during that time. So, for example, next month in May is Hurricane Preparedness Month. Mm -hmm. So next month's newsletter will have a whole section on hurricane preparedness, the difference between watches and warnings and a big spiel on the importance of flood insurance and just things that relate to that month's event. And then we'll also update people on when things change. A big one was, as you said, we're now the Department of Emergency Management and Security. We used to be the Office of Emergency Management, so we updated the public on not only our title change, but our logo changed. So we had to make sure that people understood that and they weren't
0: confused where notifications were coming from. All right. So is the newsletter on one of the social media platforms or is it delivered via the social media <clears throat> platforms? How, how does that work? So great question. Or email.
1: We have it on our website. We have it to go out to email us. Oh,
0: okay.
1: And we try to remember to announce it on social media when it's been released or updated. I can't guarantee that that happens <laughs> right on the dot. Right. <laughs> but it will definitely always come to our um, newsletter
0: subscribers right on time. All right. First of the month, middle of the month, end of the month, or just—it's usually
1: the first within the first week of the month. Okay,
0: all right. Yes. So something to look forward to there, and uh, topics, of course, about emergency preparedness and how to be better prepared. Um, you guys are also doing something—technology, um, social media, uh, monthly webinars.
1: Yes. Um it is me and Courtney Arroyo. We are the ones running the monthly webinars and thank you for mentioning that. It is a wonderful thing that we hope anyone will take the time to join. It is always the first Wednesday of the month okay. and it is always at 7 p.m. Oh, it okay. is usually about an hour long and naturally due to hurricane preparedness and hurricane season getting ready to start, next month's will be all about hurricane preparedness. This month was about financial preparedness mm-hmm. because this month is the Federal Emergency Management Association's Financial Preparedness Month. So we talked a lot about emergency funds and how to figure out if you can fall under a FEMA grant or anything like that to help you in a time of disaster.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you guys have guests on or is it just the, the two of you that?
1: Per- we have. do do guest speakers. Okay. Usually it is us and some of our what we call superstar volunteers helping us run it. Mm-hmm. And we go through PowerPoints and always leave about five to ten minutes for a Q and A natural conversation at the end.
0: Right. Now I'm I'm sitting here thinking, I'm trying to put this my feet in the shoes of a listener <laughs> and going, Okay, first Wednesday of the month at seven PM Yes. I have a standing appointment. I can't I can't watch the webinar live. Is it Replayed, available on, uh, you know, like video on demand or watch whenever I can?
1: We can always get you the slides that were used and answer questions. Thinking back now, I can't with 100% certainty say that they've all been recorded in mm-hmm. all transparency. Okay. But that is something that we should definitely look into working on, and I can definitely guarantee that we are always happy. To send out the slides that were used and do one on one conversations to fill in the blanks or questions that anyone may have afterwards.
0: Okay. So, if anybody has any questions about that or anything we're talking about today, I'll, I'll uh, send them is, my way. Yeah, and this is one of the <laughs> things I forgot to prep you about. Is there a telephone number, website, email address, you know, anything like that you want to go ahead and tell our listeners now?
1: So, how, how to reach out? I am a huge fan of just getting reached out directly. And I don't know if there is a way you can add my email to the end of this afterwards or anything of that way, shape, or form. But I would just say go to the Department of Emergency Management and Security website, and all of our contact information is right there. And if you would like to reach me, Mariah Katayev, just say in the email, and it will get sent right to me once it goes through our general email box. No worries there.
0: That's fairfaxcounty.gov slash emergency management. Yes. Okay. All right. We're uh, on the County Conversation podcast, and we're talking with Mariah Katayev, uh, Community Engagement Liaison with the Department of Emergency Management and Security. And we're, of course, talking about emergency preparedness, what you can do to be better prepared, et cetera, where we're just talking about the monthly webinars. Um, you've also got the like monthly calendar of events and those kind of things. Yes. So h- how has it been since you started with all of this outreach efforts in other words uh we're coming off the height of the global pandemic it has been
1: i feel like we're still playing catch-up in the efforts of community engagement just because you know during the height of the pandemic we most people were trying to pull their play their part and stay away from one another to keep everyone safe and because of that you know that makes community engagement really difficult right So we've been doing a lot of different avenues that have been really helpful. So the webinar, the creation of the calendar, and just figuring out different ways to reach everyone. The calendar was my idea that I thought of because I'm terrible with dates. Hmm. And I'm someone that for one meeting will probably take like four pages of notes. I'm just someone that does a lot better reading and visually seeing things. So I was... I thought maybe there are other people like that that would do better with a calendar that they could just stick on their fridge and be reminded visually instead of having to remember everything off the top of their head.
0: Right. I can't do that
1: either. It's hard. We all live busy lives. There's no reason to pretend that we're not busy.
0: Yeah. So the calendar physical form, is that emailed? Is it on social
1: We have it on the website, we also have physical forms. If you reach out to our office, we can try to arrange getting some physical ones to you because we currently do have some in stock. I say in stock, but of course there's no cost to residents or anything of that nature. But we do have the ability to mail them out or get them to groups or outreach events. And then when we do go to outreach
0: events, we usually do have some to give out, which is very exciting. Kind of while we're on this this topic here, and yeah. it's always a tough question for uh, county agencies to try to figure out how do you reach the underserved populations or the hearing impaired <coughs> populations, the visi- visibly uh, visually impaired population, etc. You know, I don't think there's a great answer that anybody has figured out but no what are some of the things that maybe y'all are doing emergency management is doing
1: so thankfully we have two equity leads in our department and the equity leads do work on all sorts of topics and that includes access and functional needs Mm. and one of the ways that we're doing it is the newsletter because we were just doing the newsletter in pdf and then We learned that PDFs don't do well with screen reader, which is what people that are visually impaired use to have, you know, computerized digital things, audio versions read to them. So we are now doing it in PDF as well as Word. And we are trying to make sure to keep that rule of thumb so that when possible, we can always have a Word version. We're also stepping away from Times New Roman because, believe it or not, Times New Roman does not do well with all screen reader programs, Hmm. which I thought was very interesting since it is definitely probably the most popular font
0: on Microsoft Word.
1: Yeah, we're using um, Calibri, I believe it is pronounced now, because it does a lot better with screen reader. Interesting. And then we also have our Community Emergency Response Guide, our bread and butter for everyone and we have that printed out in six languages as well as we have digital conversions of it on our website in even
0: more languages. Okay. Well, that's an awesome transition into the Citizens Emergency Response Guide, or CERG, which (laughs) you may hear us refer to it, uh, you know, in the remainder of this podcast. Um, You mentioned kind of the highlights. Uh, I think that's uh, fairfaxcounty.gov slash emergency management slash CERG. You mentioned the different languages, et cetera, that's available. But am I correct in understanding there's going to be additional versions like kids and teens so surg?
1: there are some already we okay. have a kids surg that has been developed and we have it printed out and it is lovely what i love about the kids CERG is not only is it friendly language so that we can educate kids without scaring them it's also an activity book so mm. there's parts that they can color Fun. and then there's two mascots on it there's um there's cat four and it's a cat for category four hurricanes and there is a dog named stormy for storms right. and the cat and stormy will go and educate people and they can do everything from crosswords to figuring out and drawing out where their safe places are for storms and bad weather it's really interactive
0: I'm envisioning a <laughs> costume in the future that maybe you can dress up as cat 4.
1: <laughs> I will definitely pass that on to someone else to do. <laughs> Got you. All right.
0: But it would be adorable. So, how did the the idea of the the kids and the teens um come about? I mean, it's it's an awesome idea to reach the younger yeah. younger population, but how did that come about?
1: It came about in the way that when you're explaining things like emergencies, that can be really scary. You're not gonna talk to a six-year-old the same way you are a 36-year-old. You're just, things will go over their head, you will scare them to an unnecessary point. And we wanna be able to educate individuals in a way that they wanna learn more and practice being prepared without being afraid of the topic. So we just are trying to reach out to everyone possible and that involves, you know, age groups. Everyone's at different developmental levels, different opinions, different things that are important to them. Mm -hmm. We're still developing our Teen Community Emergency Response Guide, our teen CERC. And that one is gonna have more technical terms than the kids CERC. It's not gonna have as much coloring, sorry teens. (laughs) But it's not gonna be as wordy than the regular Mm CERC. Because we know teens are going through high school or middle school and they're, they're probably sick of reading by now.
0: Right. Bullet point, short and sweet. You know, <laughs> There's like nothing that.
1: wrong with it. Right. We want people to learn in whatever way is going to encourage them to actually sit down and learn it, and that's not the same for everyone.
0: Right. And, and how are you? How are you getting feedback? Are you talking to teens, surveying them? I mean,
1: we are using some of our coworkers' children for the te- <laughs> for the, chi- the okay. children's survey. We have had some of our coworkers in different departments of emergency management, so in planning and in technical services, we had an eight-year-old and I believe a 10-year-old take them home. We had a six-year-old and I believe a nine-year-old take them home, and they would tell us what they liked, didn't like, and the good thing about kids is they are blunt, Uh and we we definitely have taken those criticisms um, (laughs) into account, and that is why there is more to color, because we were told at (laughs) one point that there was not enough. (laughs)
0: Oh, okay. And
1: I mean, if she was blunt, then a child that has no connection to our office might just be bored looking at it, and
0: then it doesn't serve its purpose. Exactly. Good feedback to get. (laughs) So, you know, we've kind of talked around the topic of emergency preparedness and that kind of thing today, but let's talk specifically about it. What's your advice? What's your guidance for residents of Fairfax County to maybe just say, like, three steps, three tips to get, them, to get prepared for any emergency?
1: Make an emergency kit. Okay. That would definitely be my biggest one. And when it comes to making an emergency kit, it it doesn't have to be complicated. Or I, expensive? No, not at all. Okay. I think a lot of things that belong in an emergency kit the average person owns. For example, one of the things that I think is so, so important for an emergency kit is just extra pairs of socks. We all have it. I mean, we all have those mismatched pairs that we don't want to wear on a good day. They're perfect for your emergency kit. And if you're evacuating due to a flood or hurricane, you know, you don't want your feet wet because then you can get blisters and that can lead to an infection. Socks are a huge, huge, great safety tool that are cheap. You can buy tons of packs for not a lot of money. They're super, super valuable. The other one is canned food. And um, I'm actually a fan of canned water over bottled water, oh, interesting. which is, um, everyone always thinks it's a little funky when I talk about it because mm-hmm. you don't imagine water in cans. But if you read about water bottles, they actually have expiration dates mm. because the plastic slowly breaks down. And when it breaks down, it goes into the water. Where it else takes is it going
0: to go? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's just something we don't think about. It yeah. takes a long time to happen. But as most people know, canned foods, and that includes canned liquids, can last a long, long, long amount of time.
0: And don't forget the can opener. Oh
1: my it. gosh, that is definitely one that we always try to make sure our citizens have. Right. Whenever we go to events, we bring what we call kind of starter emergency kits. It has the things to help you get going. It definitely isn't a full kit, but they all include can openers for that exact reason. You know we need them. And it it's not a fun one to think about. It's not as, you know, interesting or, you know, exciting as a flashlight.
0: So it just kind of gets forgotten about. Right. Well, you mentioned flashlight. What are a couple of other key things that should go in an emergency supply kit?
1: A basic first aid kit. And it can mm-hmm. just be a small one. I know a lot of dollar stores have really basic, great first aid kits. I know at large retailers such as Target and Walmart, if you look in the travel section, they have great small first aid kits. They don't have to be complicated. And then the last thing I would definitely say is make sure you switch things out. Mm. So what we like to say is when the times change, so daylight savings, that is when you should switch out your winter clothes in your emergency kit to your summer clothes in your emergency kit. Because if you're getting ready to evacuate in December, you're going to want a puffy coat. You're not going to want it in August, especially right, not right, around here. Right, right, So that's a huge
0: one. Before I let you go, of what's course. the most common natural hazard in Fairfax County? Flooding, 100% okay.
1: flooding All right, is definitely a common hazard and a very large risk. So please, my last thing I'm going to say is if you take anything from this podcast, just remember the saying, turn around, don't drown. You don't know how deep a puddle is. Don't drive into it if you are not sure. Just turn around. We'd much rather you be safe.
0: Right. Mariah, thanks for being on the podcast. Enjoyed the conversation and learned something. That is what we love to hear. Thank you for having me, Jim. Oh, absolutely. Uh, if you want to get more information about Fairfax County's Department of Emergency Management and Security, that's fairfaxcounty.gov slash emergency management. If you want to find out about the Community Emergency Response Guide, yes. CERG, fairfaxcounty.gov slash emergencymanagement slash And don't forget, sign up for Fairfax Alerts. That's fairfaxcounty.gov slash alerts. That is going to do it for this edition of the County Conversation Podcast. Thanks again to Mariah for being here with us and to you for listening. For more Fairfax County news, visit fairfaxcounty.gov slash news. Or you can call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329. And that's weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. The County Conversation podcast is produced by the Fairfax County Virginia government.